0: Hello everyone and welcome to Are You Freaking Serious? It's always about money. I want to take us back on a little time travel, a little journey into the past, and show you how, well, things don't always uh, repeat themselves, but as Mark Twain once said, they a lot of times rhyme. And that, in my opinion, is what's happening right now. And it is offering an incredible Opportunity. So if you're looking for an opportunity to make a few bucks, and I mean maybe a lot of bucks, stay tuned to this program and tell your friends about it. Because this, I think, is something that we haven't seen in almost 15 years. Now let's go back to 2008. Because that was the time period when banks were loaning money to everyone. That's correct. They were loaning to everyone. It made no difference what your job was, what your gender was, what your race was, what your income, what your assets were. If you were breathing, you were given a loan. Why? Because in those days, there was this new word called securitization. Now, what does securitization mean? We've talked about it a little bit in the past, but I really think it was the cornerstone of the problems of 2008, 9, and 10. And it had been building since the dot-com crash of 2000. Now, remember, the dot-com crash of 2000 really kind of spawned the, I don't want to say the quantitative easing at that point, but it was the low interest rates. It was, let's get the low interest rates as low as we can get them. And that will encourage people to start to spend money and give us some growth in the income and give us some growth, I should say, in the economy. And so that's what we saw. We saw interest rates at ridiculously low places. And uh, the encouragement was, just step in. You want a house. You need a house. We don't care whether you're uh, income, whether you got a job, whether you got assets. In fact, it was tagged Ninja Loans. No income, no jobs, no assets. All you had to do was to be breathing. And so everything was flying. You had put a house up for sale, and I mean, within hours, it was sold. You had home builders that were just, they were building houses like it was going out of style. There was no stopping the whole thing. And yours truly... Well, the guy who was one of the very, very few out there in the retail side, there was a few, and they made the movie about it, the big short on the institutional side. But on the retail side, yours truly is one of the few who took a look and said, makes no sense. As a matter of fact, it makes such bad sense that I think there's an opportunity on the short side. Now, don't cringe, don't put turn the program off. Yes, you're right. You heard me I'm the short side. But I had to examine it further. What was the securitization that they keep talking about that I heard Larry Kudlow, the future economic advisor to President Trump, say that meant there was no risk out there? Now, when I hear a so-called economist who we found out later is not, he's a political science guy um, who had a few problems in college with, you know, the, the drug aspect of it. But iris- ir- uh, irreg- uh, regardless, not irregardless, but regardless, the, the guy was serious. And when he was on CNBC, he said, it takes the risk out of it. Well, I was really enthralled. How does securitization take the risk out of lending money? Because what you do is you lend money to Mr. A and B, that's Mr. and Mrs. A and B, and then you take that loan and you keep a little bit of it, but then you sell it off to somebody else. Then they sell it to someone else, they keep a piece. Everybody keeps just a little piece, but then they're able to sell it off. That way that their reserves, how much they have to have on hand, doesn't uh, doesn't get crowded. And so therefore then they're able to continue to do this much bigger than they really thought and all of a sudden you've got the risk people saying well just let's put these let's put these things up let's give them out of many uh, institutions pension plans other banks uh, mutual funds uh, anything we can get to get rid of them and just continue doing it and so when i looked at this i said my goodness if all of a sudden the people at point a they're not able to pay their loan and then the next entity isn't able to pay to the next entity and then to the next entity and the next entity, you're going to have some real problems out there. So looking at the problematic area of it all, I said, how can I make money off of this? I took a look and saw who were the two areas that were most caught up in drinking this Kool-Aid. One was the banks themselves, the institutions who were lending the money. Then you had the mortgage lenders, but i looked at the home builders and i said these guys are building homes like they're going on a style they just don't think that there's any downside to this that nothing bad can happen that all of a sudden they don't recognize the laws of supply and demand in other words if you're loaded with a big supply and there's no buyers out there prices will plummet they couldn't see that in 2008 2009 2007 there was no plummeting. There was nothing but going to the moon. Let's fast forward to the last 12 months. And Jerome Powell aggressively is hiking interest rates. And all of a sudden, you've got mortgage rates that are starting to rise. You know, when you talk about the, the rates that banks can charge each other being set by the Federal Reserve, that, and they're going up, that triggers mortgage rates to go up. All of a sudden, instead of having a mortgage rate of one5 or 2% or 2.5%, you're talking 7%. You're talking two and a half, three, three, three and a half times greater. And now all of a sudden, you know people buy houses based upon what their monthly payment is going to be. That's how they buy them. And so all of a sudden... People are a little bit shaky. They're a little bit nervous. They're a little bit scared. And so as we look over the last 12 months and we see that something has, something's going awry and what's going awry is the cancellation rate, the cancellation rate in the third quarter spiked to 68%. That was, I'm sorry, in the fourth quarter, this cancellation rate up 68%, third quarter, up 35%. In the fourth quarter of 2021, it was 13%. We're talking about people getting afraid. Keep people getting scared. As we listen to one of the guys from KB Holmes talking about on one of his investment calls, said current conditions, and I'm going to quote now, current conditions remain challenging. High mortgage rates and persistent inflation, together with an uncertain economy, have made home buyers more cautious since the middle of last year. Okay, you're talking about a 68% cancellation rate. Let's go to the darkest days of the 2008 housing crash. Back then, The average was about 47%. So it's looking like it's worse than it was at the darkest days of the last housing crash. Gentleman from KB Homes, Nick Gurley, who's the CEO and founder of, not KB Homes, but ReVenture Consulting. He consults to KB Homes. He said, quote, this is scary. He said, KB Homes, a large home builder, 68% 68% cancellation rate. He says, What does that mean? Well, we all can do the math. That means that two thirds of the home buyers have walked away from their contract. Wow, that's dramatic. And you have companies like DR Horton, major builders, 50% cancellation rate. Okay, let's start to look at this now, folks, because once again, as my professor John Kenneth Galbraith used to say, the cornerstone of everything is supply and demand. So if people are walking away from their contracts as far and canceling their contract to buy the home, that home is just going to sit there. It's not going to be sold. That means the inventory is going to pile up. And all of a sudden, we're looking at The inventory is right now about, and across the country, 32,000 homes. That comes from Zonda. Zonda gives us data about national moving inventory, and they say the inventory right now is up 200% from a year ago and up 50% from pre-pandemic levels in 2019. Okay, so people are walking away from homes. They're not buying. Mortgage rates are high, and all of a sudden, There is starting to be this glut of homes on the market. Now, that's existing homes. Let's take a look at new homes. New homes coming on in 2023. Now, the builders have cut back on their starts, but they're still building. They're building, there are nearly 800,000 single family homes that are currently under construction. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the highest level in history. In history. These guys are looking at the good times of two years ago, three years ago, with interest rates at 1% or 1.5% going on forever. So, did they learn from 2008? Of course they didn't. And many of these homes are going to hit the market in 2023. Okay, so here's what we've got we've got a walkaway we've got no longer <coughs> pardon me no longer people who are fulfilling the contract at record highs we're seeing new home starts new home building at record highs with a horrible buyer demand with record cancellations and future inventory at the highest based rate that we have ever seen oh my goodness we're talking about a situation where thinking of supply and demand, the supply is going to be astronomical, so you would think that people looking at this, the people in the markets, the professionals, and the people who are the everyday people we you would think that they are going to look at the home builders and go, "You know something, they got trouble ahead. I don't want to be investing in these guys. You would think that would be the case, but that's not the case because right now what we're looking at is look at some of the the builders DR Horton trading around $95 a share up 85% over the last 5 years that is at their all-time high we're looking at uh, we're looking at uh, the this bubble that is occurring in the home building stocks with home buyer demand at its lowest level since 2008, the 2008 crash, you've got home building stocks that are trading near their all time high. Does that make sense to anybody out there? If it makes sense to you, please contact me, get in touch with me. My number is, or I should say, my email is bill at gps, that's George Peter Sam for life. Dot com. I want to hear from you. I'm going to hear what your take is on this. Bill at gpsforlife.com. Bill at GPS4, and that word, that's a word, f-o-r, gpsforlife.com. Okay, so here we have home buyer demand at its lowest level since the 2008 crash, yet home builder stocks near their all-time high. And like I said, does that make any sense? Well, let's try to see if we can make some sense out of it and see what somebody out there, a retail person says. Because I've had this said to me. I've kind of been looking at this the last couple weeks, and I've had a few friends out there who said, Bill, you're not looking at it right. I said, okay, Bob, what should I be looking at? Look at the price-earnings ratio. I said, oh, okay, let's do that. Because right now, as people are saying, they're cheap should be buying these stocks. They're cheap because the price-earnings ratio, that's the price of the stock versus the earnings. As an example, let's say the price of the stock is $20 and it's earning $4. 20 divided by 4, that means it's selling at 5 times earnings. That's pretty cheap when the average is about 12 times earnings. Pretty cheap. But you see, above 12, it starts to get very, very expensive. And so let's take a look at KB Homes, right? They're selling at where Horton is selling at five to six times earnings. KB Homes is selling at a very cheap four times earnings. So what are investors saying to themselves? Holy mackerel, that's a value. Even in a housing crash or recession, that's a value, man. That's cheap. Four times earnings, five times earnings. Hold on. Hold on. Because let me tell you what the problem is. Trust me. Oh, I hate saying that. Trust me. But trust me, back in 2008, I looked at this every which way I could before I committed hundreds and hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars to short these stocks because I looked at the same thing. But here is the major problem, or I should say what it's all about when you can say, hey, are you freaking serious? Of course, it's always about money. The problem is, that home builders' earnings always lag by about 12 to 18 months. That's right. Because the earnings that builders have announced in 2022 is basically on contracts that were signed from buyers back in 2021. That was during the peak. That was during the peak of the housing bubble. And so what did it do? It created an illusion of value for the P.E. ratios. You see... At 20 dollars a share and you're earning four dollars, well, that's great. You're talking about five times earnings. Or if you're making five dollars, it's four times earnings. But what if you're not making that four to five dollars? What if all of a sudden, you've got people who are walking away like they're doing now? Well it's all of a sudden, you've got no buying with mortgage rates at seven to eight percent. Now all of a sudden, your earnings aren't four to five dollars, they're a dollar. That's what we're looking at. And you're selling at $20, maybe $25 a share, divided by $1. You're selling at a P.E. ratio of 20 to 25 times earnings. You are now you are now buying at an extremely pricey P.E. ratio. And just to kind of throw it in, the National Association of Home Builders confidence level, it's at the lowest reading since mid-2012. This is a recipe, in my opinion, only my opinion now, for a major builder stock crash in 2023. I think that the peak of the housing bubble that we saw in 2008 and now once again in 2022, I think we've already seen it. I think we're about on the downside, but the realization in the home builders has not been realized yet. And I think that's the opportunity. Whether you're buying ETFs that short the home builders, or you go in and short the home builders on your own, I think we are 2008 deja vu, or Jogi Berra said all over again. Mark Twain said, "History never repeats, but it always rhymes." And this rhyme, I think, is phenomenal. I think it's got a great opportunity now. Just a little something about shorting. You don't do it all at once. You kind of put some on. You make sure you got a tight stop, about 10%, where it is, so that it goes against you. You get stopped out with only a 10% loss. You do 20% at a time. Once you start to make your profit, add another 20%. Make your profit another 20%. And now you've got 40% finally to go. Set up your target and do 20, 20, 20, and 40 Just giving you a little bit of history about not the way I did it, but I did do it that way, but a guy by the name of Jesse Livermore, the greatest trader of all times, who on October 29, 1929, made over $100 million on that day by shorting the market when everybody else was getting ready to jump out the window. I think this is the second housing bubble of the 21st century, and I think the peak has now been met, made, the bubble been punctured, and all the signs showing that it's over. Let's take advantage of it. Are you freaking serious? After all, it's always about money. Till next time, I'm Bill Tetro.